Well, hello there, everybody. My name is Thomas Wildman, and welcome to Tommy's Wild Shots, where the takes are more wild than the NHL All-Star break was this year. Uh, with me today, joining me is Greg Buchanan, um, a man of many talents. He currently is a salesman over at the new Lloydminster Nissan, um, but he also is the general manager of the Junior B Onion Lake Bandits. Or Onion Lake. Oh, geez, I forgot what the Onion Lake teams. Border called. Chiefs. Border Chiefs. Border Chiefs. The Border Chiefs. <laughs> He's also um, the vice president of the CPCA, and so thank you so much for being with me today, Greg. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me, Thomas. And so, Greg, um, the other thing that you are doing is you guys have started up a new kind of podcast slash live in show show. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, in, a, in a previous career. <laughs> I worked at Stingray, as you know, uh, and uh, did a, a Tuesday night sports show and uh, on Real Country 95.9 and did that for, oh, I want to say, nine, ten years. Uh, so it, uh, it had kind of a, a good following, uh, some tremendous guests uh, through my contacts, through uh, broadcasting for all, throughout North America. We had, you know, guests on from everywhere, uh, from the NFL to the NBA to the CFL to the NHL, you name it. And and broadcasters from Florida to Vegas to to across Canada, and uh, we're bringing it back because the Tuesday night sports show will be on on the new Lloydminster Nissan and live with Kurt Price show every basically the second Tuesday of every month live from the Canadian Brew House, and then we debut that on the 14th. So next Tuesday we'll be live from the Canadian Brew House, looking back at the Super Bowl and, and kind of talking NHL. We'll have Eric Nelson on from CBS in Minnesota. We'll also have Reed Wilkins on from 6:30 Chad, and three-time Grey Cup champion Paul Waldo will be on as he talks about uh, the CFL, uh, the NFL, but more of the CFL as free agency begins next Tuesday. Yes, for sure. All right, and so first up on the docket, we talked about this in last week's episode, but we'll talk about it here with you, Greg. Get a bit of a different um, stance. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Oilers fans will be watching their Oilers games extremely early this coming up weekend, 10 o'clock um, Western uh, Mountain Time for those games. Um, Greg, let's get it simple. What are you thinking about a matchup here between the Chiefs and the Eagles? You know, Kansas City is a unique team because they've always kind of been knocking on the door. They're always been, when you talk KC, you talk about them as a contender every season. It doesn't really matter. And it centers around Patrick Mahomes. But through all this, Mahomes has had receivers leave. Mahomes has had running backs leave. And then new ones come in, but yet they keep on winning. And, and the thing that gets overlooked in Kansas City, that it's not all about Patrick Mahomes. They have a solid team throughout their defense is superb. But but saying that, though, Philadelphia is at a different kind of level than so many other teams in the NFL. And and, and I think their defense is phenomenal. Their offense is hard to stop. And ask San Francisco what happened there. I, 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 as much as, you know, you got to love KC, you got to love, you know, uh, a lot of different things happening. And, of course, the storylines around KC, of course, their coach and the ties to Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, I got to go with Philadelphia. I, I just think that they're so deep on both sides of the ball that they're going to make things tough on KC offensively. Mahomes, does he have that high ankle sprain? Is that going to limit his movement? Uh, and, and I think offensively, they're tough to beat. Like Philadelphia is hard to contain with the offense they have. 
So I'm saying fly like Eagles. Um, and I think Philadelphia is going to win it. Yes. Uh, 3,701 yards for Jalen Hurts this year, 22 touchdowns and only six interceptions in his 15 starts this year. Uh, 14 one QB record uh, hurts with the, when Hurts is healthy and with the Eagles, they were outstanding. And uh, going back and looking at Kansas City, just injury-wise, um, Willie Gay Jr., Patrick Mahomes, Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, Juju Smith-Suster, Trey Smith, all f- fully practiced, but they all have various injuries. That ankle, of course, of Patrick Mahomes. Um, Jarek McKinnon and Juju Smith-Suster are a big part of that offense. As And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is huge. Uh, Kadarius Tomey limited with an ankle injury, so his chance on playing Sunday isn't super high. Um, but... In talking about Patrick Mahomes' stats, he also had an excellent year. Um, both him and um, and uh, Hertz had our uh, were Pro Bowler. We're on the Pro Bowl team if they um, needed to go to the Pro Bowl, but of course they not. Five thousand two hundred fifty yards for Patrick Mahomes. Forty-one touchdowns. Uh, great playing by him. Other important and another important name for the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, who undoubtedly is the best. Uh, tight end in the NFL with 1,330 or yeah, 1,338 yards on the season, 12 touchdowns. So he's their number one option there in KC and a great player. And of course, as everybody knows, the Kelsey brothers will be matching up there. Uh, The other Kelsey brother though, playing on defense for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, I think when it comes down to it, like I said, Philadelphia just has so many weapons, both defensively and offensively. And, you know, in saying that, KC is going to be back knocking on that door before you know it, too. Yeah, and so I mentioned it last show. I think Eagles have this. Um, I also mentioned that I think the possibility of Jalen Hurts becoming a better running quarterback or just in general a better quarterback than um, – then Lamar Jackson, that was my hot take from the first episode. Uh, what do you think about that one there, Greg? Yeah, well, the thing is, what's happened to Lamar Jackson? Like, you know, he's kind of, yeah, I know he's had injuries, but uh, he's not the Lamar Jackson that he was a few years ago. And and we kind of wondered exactly what direction they were going to go with him. Um, but he has not fully recovered from some of the bank. And you know what, when you run the ball as much as he does and as physical as he is a quarterback, you know, there's a reason why Tom Brady played until he was almost 50 because he did take a lot of hits. Tom could not run. Tom ran like a, a 72 year old grandmother getting away from Safeway. Uh, you know, Tom could not run at all. And that's the reason why he stayed healthy. That's the reason why he played until he was almost 50. But when you run the ball and you take hits, things happen to you. And they happen to Lamar Jackson. And you've seen injuries to, to quarterbacks like that time and time again. And will Lamar Jackson ever get back to what he was a few years ago? I guess time's only going to answer that. Yeah, and uh, the one thing that really is helping out Jalen Hurts right now is all those um Weapons, A.J. Brown, of course, the big trade from uh, Tennessee, got his general manager fired for that one, and rightfully so. But enough about the NFL. Uh, Let's talk about the CFL. Uh, You mentioned it in your kind of intro there, about the CFL free agency. Um, It's been a tough time for the Edmonton Elks, especially since the name change. They've kind of been going through some growing pains just with some new coaches and some new people under center. Uh, is the light any, is the light at anywhere near the end of the tunnel here for the Elks? You just got to hope that light's not a train coming the other way. Uh, because like, 
I, I don't know. Like the Alex have not won a home game since they made their made their name change, right? And and right now they're going to lose probably their best receiver. Uh, Kenny Lauder is going to go back to uh, to Winnipeg. Um, it, that's the unique thing. It, it, the CFL free agency begins on Tuesday, but this week it's it's tampering, and the CFL just kind of looks the other way. You know, stories are already breaking that this guy's going to go there and that guy's going to go there. And and I actually, and if you look at it they can't go anywhere because they're still signed with that club until Tuesday. But yet these stories are breaking that they're going to this place and that place. And in any other league, they would say, no, you can't do that until free agency like the NHL does. But the CFL is so desperate for attention during the off season that they're willing to sacrifice that. And the CFL needs to be in the, in the media light and needs to be in the talk of the fans at all times. And this kind of gives them that chance uh, during, you know, a week before free agency Here's a chance to get into the limelight. Here's a chance to have fans talk about players going elsewhere, and, and, and they relish it. Uh, the other thing that really bothers me about all this, too, is, for example, uh, Trevor Harris is going to go to Saskatchewan. Cody Fajardo is going to go from Saskatchewan to Montreal. So Montreal's quarterback goes to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's quarterback goes to Montreal. And this happens again and again and again in the CFL, where players sign very short-term contracts, and it's a revolving door of players all over the place. And you don't see that in any other pro league but the CFL. The CFL has got to get their, their ducks in order to have longer-term contracts for players so they stay with that organization and they build up that fan base for those players and for that team. But the CFL just can't get out of their own way. And, and, and they wreck what is a good game so many times. And it, it's concerning for a long-time CFL fan They'll, they'll never fix it, and we'll keep on going. A revolving door of players from team to team to team uh, as we go along here in the CFL. Uh, you mentioned that kind of making that brand and helping out that brand. There is one quarterback that I can think of from the modern-day era that has done that, Bo Levi Mitchell, but he's on the move too this year as well. Tell me a little bit about that. So Bo Levi, uh, you know, he basically was the backup quarterback near the end. Uh, they have they have a new guy in Calgary, Bo Levi. Let it be known that he was not happy being a backup, uh, and then got traded uh, at the tail end of the season. As soon as the season was done, got traded to Hamilton. Uh, but Hamilton still had to sign him because he becomes a free agent on Tuesday, and now he has signed him before he becomes a free agent. And Bo Levi is now a Hamilton tie cap. Uh, I know Saskatchewan was in the talks, be interested in Bo Levi. But at the end of the day, Hamilton got their meat hooks into him, got him out to Hamilton. And I don't know how you make Hamilton look like a real pretty city. <laughs> because if you've ever been to Hamilton, it's a yeah, it's it's an old steel town, right? So it's nothing's pretty about Hamilton. But they made it pretty to the boy from Texas and his family. And Bo Levi is now a tie cat. You know what? And Bo, Bo Levi is pretty long in the tooth. So you're kind of wondering how many more seasons they can get out of him in steel town. But uh for the for the tie cats as long as they beat the argos that's all they care about in hamilton and they got a good shot at beating the argos even though the argos are the defending stanley or great cup champions yeah how ironic that uh the tie cats they're having are so against toronto when their old owner used to be the owner of the toronto maple leafs yeah. as well so yeah. his name is of course shamed around toronto he's the man who is not allowed to be named in toronto maple leaf circles but um yeah uh since we're here we're both um broadcasters and work in the border city here in lloyd binster we let's talk a little bit more about the rough riders they've kind of been 
in the middle there and are trying to become that best team in the West. Of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, have been excellent over the last few years here. Um, Rough Riders are hoping to get maybe somewhere down the line with a few new uh, signings here in free agency. Yeah, and I think the Riders, it, there's no secret what their problems are. And their problem was a quarterback. Their problem was an offensive line. Their defense was was okay. It wasn't superb, but defense for them last season was probably a lot better than their offense. So they're out there looking for a quarterback. Looks like they got one in Trevor Harris, as mentioned, going from Montreal to Saskatchewan. Uh, he's going to bring Winicky, a receiver, uh, with him from Montreal. And uh, you know what? If that's a they also have to get offensive linemen. It sounds like they are going after that too. So Saskatchewan, if you look at the pecking order in the West, it, it's got to start in Winnipeg. You don't know how BC is going to recover from losing their quarterback to the NFL. And, and I think the the Elks are bound to get better. Chris Jones, as much as maybe he's hated in some circles in the CFL, Chris Jones knows what he, he is doing as as not just a head coach, but as a general manager. He got, does a tremendous job of finding talent. He does a tremendous job on the defense. Probably one of the parts that maybe has faltered for him over the years is running of the offense. But I think eventually the Elks are going to get better. Uh, I think the, the Stampeders are, are in uh, in shakes for probably a, a bit of a letdown, a lot of changes going on in Calgary. So I kind of see the riders in that mix for second or third, probably play about 500 football. And, and the team that's kind of that long shot will be the Elks to get in the playoffs. So that's how it kind of looks. And, and then the Bombers are the Grey Cup champions until, well, they didn't win it this past year. But then again, in the West, they're always near the top of the pack. And, and it, you know what, success breeds success. And you've seen that with Winnipeg over the last number of years. All right. And then the other one big sporting news coming out of the NBA this year. We ha- I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but LeBron James finally passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who has hold- held that record for most points in the NBA for uh, since he retired. And um, an absolutely outstanding uh, win for the King at King James. Uh, the thing about LeBron that has followed him, at least as far as I can tell, throughout almost his entire career is that whether or not he is better than is he is he truly better than Michael Jordan and now he has the most points ever as an NBA player does that get him past or was that dominance of Michael Jordan the thing that will keep him being the goat for all time you know what you can and it's what generation you're talking to where that question gets asked so you ask my generation mid my mid 50s and, and Michael Jordan would be the answer for me. Now, you're a younger generation, and you would say LeBron likely. Uh, and, and then the other ones that you kind of get forgotten about are the Magic Johnson, the Larry Birds, you know. And then if you go really back, you, you talk about a Bill Russell, and you talk about a Julius Irvin. So they're, depending what generation you talk to about the NBA is what player you think is the greatest of all time. Uh, you have to look at LeBron and look at the numbers he has put up in the different teams he has played for. Yeah. Has he done some stuff that is questionable? That's the NBA. The NBA is entertaining more so in the off season on the trades. Look at the trades they made this past week. It's more entertaining away from the court sometimes than on the court because there's so much activity away from the court. 
So LeBron did it. He left Cleveland, came back to Cleveland, went to Miami. Uh, now he's in L.A., uh, where, you know, it's very fitting for LeBron to be in L.A. as a Laker. Um, for my, I guess, long story short, they're two, two di- different kind of players. Michael Jordan was spectacular. You know, who's kidding who? He, he made fans out of non-basketball fans. And, and LeBron is more of a, a guy that labors up and down the floor. Uh, he's a, plays a power game. He does, he does have the potential of doing three pointers too, but I, at the end of the day, it's who puts up the most points and who can argue with a guy that's the all-time scorer now for the NBA. So if you're doing a Mount Rushmore or the NBA, I think you got to put, there's four. So you got to put LeBron, you got to put Michael uh, and somewhere in there is Kareem. Now who's the fourth one on that Mount Rushmore. And uh, is that Larry Bird? Is that Magic Johnson? Or is that is that going to be saved for Steph Curry? <laughs> There's another question for you. Uh, how, how good is Steph Curry going to be? Uh, where is he going to be in, in if he continues to play? And, and if he has maybe another eight, nine years left in him, what kind of numbers is he going to have at the end of his career? Well, for what it's worth, Steph Curry is ranked 39th on the um, all-time points here and has significant, like, he hasn't even hit uh, Larry Bird's ranked 36, and he hasn't hit as many games as Larry Bird had at 897. He's at 864. Uh, I'd say Steph certainly is that. Uh, I will mention, though, as the one other name that definitely was a big name, and I mean, I don't know, maybe this is just an old an old thing, but all the kids back in my day, whenever they shot a sick sh- shot with a piece of garbage or with a basketball, everybody said Kobe, and... See, that's another name. That's another name. I was just going to say, yeah. Kobe Bryant's number four on the list. So I, I, I like Kobe a lot. I, again, my generation a little bit more maybe, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for the NBA. I, and maybe it's just my NHL bias, but like when you look at points, the person who has the most points is considered the goat in the NHL and that's Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. I don't know if you can really take that away the fact that LeBron now has the most points does that just automatically give it to him and I mean LeBron if you really want to make parallels to Gretzky that four times NBA champion is a pretty convenient number alongside Mr. Gretzky as well yeah but if you look up a name if you're talking NBA and you look at a, a number of championships look up the name Bill Russell yeah. <laughs> and, and and he's he won he won more championship rings than he can wear it wear. <laughs> uh, and that's amazing. And, and the amount of championships he won is amazing. You, you, you make that, you said Wayne Gretzky. So Ovi is coming closer to, to breaking Gretzky's record. And, and that has come up in discussion, especially this season. And, and now Ovi's likely going to break Gretzky's record. And I know it, Ovi said, kind of downplays it, but who's kidding who he will, he will break that record. And, and, and will he be the greatest of all time? And I, I know for some people saying a Russian, I, I know we'll probably get into that, but saying a Russian is the all time and the greatest player of all time in the NHL is hard to take for us Canadians, but he is that good, you know? And uh, I, I know some people that know him personally and uh, he's an amazing character too. And he, he sells the game so well in American markets uh, you know, say whatever you want to say with Putin and, and everything that's going on in, in, in the political game and with Russia. But at the end of the day, he's a hockey player. Uh, you just have to be a Russian hockey player. Yeah, well, um, it's been very I, – I will give 
this is no help of the NHL, but I will give like our last few uh, Stanley Cup winners a lot of credit. They've been all very entertaining. Like we've got, are you kidding me from the Tampa Bay Lightning? Um, we've got the, the OV drunk tour was just some of the most entertaining NHL has been in a long, yeah. long time. That was like whether the fountain swimming was yeah. Whenever if I ever get to that point where I can be that drunk in public, uh, that would be my play too. So I I know, and you know personally, I know Braden Holtby quite well, and and Braden shared some stories about Ovi that I'm not going to share. I kind of promised I would not tell out in public, but they're pretty funny, and 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 he is actually he's a legit good guy. You know, and and you saw him at the All Star Game. Um, we'll get to that in a moment and talk about that. But uh, what he did with his little boy there, and what he did with Sydney, that that's a thing of, of legends. That's a thing of great memories. That when when you look back at it, 15, 20 years down the road, that's going to stand out for the All Star Game more than anything else. And and just the the connection between Sid and Ovi and Ovi's little one, that that's phenomenal. Yeah, well, ironic that there's been all there was all that talk when LeBron's kid was coming up and how like LeBron said he'd want to play with his kid. Ovi, I don't think unless he truly gets the iron lung rolling, will be able to play with his young one. But um, uh, it's an interesting little bit of thing there. But I think the idea that King James truly is the king, I think I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I know that's not a very wild shot here, but um, we'll throw that out there. But let's start. We talked about this on Hockey TV uh, last weekend. The NHL All-Star Game. Um, Everybody going into it had low expectations. And I think almost, unless like you're a really young kid, I think a lot of people somehow were even more disappointed than they wanted to be. Well, yeah, you're right. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I had nothing going on that Friday night. So I turned on the TV and I watched the skills competition. It was so bad that okay, Mitch Marner, I, you got to explain that to your grandkids when they go on YouTube, whatever it's going to be in 15 years or 20 years. And you're explaining to your grandkids. Um, yeah. Grandpa really didn't know what he was doing then. That, that was, that was cringy. That was horrible. And, and the way they said it, and I, I get what the all-star game is supposed to be about. The all-star game is supposed to be about those fringe hockey fans, the young ones. It's about getting sponsors out to it and, 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 you know, snoo- smoozing the NHL sponsors, the NHL struggles for viewership in the U S I, in my eyes, they didn't help things this past weekend. And then if you look a few days down the road, the American Hockey League did their, their all-star game and it blew away the NHL. It was, it was unbelievable. Their skills competition was basic. Why they had to go and do what they did with the skills competitions beyond me. And, and the games themselves, like the three-on-three, I, I saw more action and more passion in a noontime hockey game at the Civic Center minus a 50-year-old accountant. You know, in, in net, it, it was horrible. It's it's brutal. They, they don't they don't break a sweat. They you know, it is what it is. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm a hockey guy. I'm a traditionalist hockey guy. I, I think it's just a total waste of time. Well, there is that for sure. And a lot of people are talking. Um, the big thing is what I heard from some people is that they said that the city of Florida and like the fans and stuff like that they got a lot out of it. And maybe that's 
where the big you were saying schmoozing the the yeah. um, sponsors and stuff the people of the place will get it the big question it's coming to toronto which i think is the first time in a long time that an all-star game's been in canada certainly yeah. i can't remember one in my lifetime and um so we'll see how that all shakes out um and one thing you mentioned and when you we were talking about it on hockey tv and whatnot uh the idea you didn't like even a little bit the idea the um them using hockey sticks and white pucks on the, oh, the uh, golf course. Oh, I, my, yeah. See, and that's something that I didn't hate on, yeah. on the purpose because, um, and I'm sure you've probably never watched it, but on YouTube, there's this group called do perfect and they've um, done multiple videos where they've used all sorts of different equipment and done golf where they've <laughs> used all sorts of equipment. And I find that kind of entertaining. Yeah, yeah I thought it was I, interesting and different and I liked the surfboard thing, but um, I'll, I'll put my, and this is my Oilers fan part coming out here. Yeah. Um, the fact that Connor McDavid went for eight for eight and didn't win the <laughs> accuracy shooting competition, because um, I'm going to just say it right out there. Um, Kadri cheated. There's, you can see it. Kadri cheated. And but they, but they let him cheat, though. They let him cheat. They, nobody said anything. To say, well, he's over the line. I forget it. You know, they, but they, okay, they, this is the other thing. And I, I, I know a few guys in the NHL. And, and I knew few, I, I'm not going to say names, but I know a few guys that played in the All-Star game. And, and the skills competitions the night before, right? Yeah. Guess what they do after that skills competition? <laughs> they, sounds like something i would want to do after it, they, so. they, they they get as drunk as you can imagine okay, who's you know who's kidding who and they are many of them playing that that three on three is so hungover if you look at the videotape of johnny goodrow getting ready for the three on three in vegas he he his eyes are barely open he is so he, he i probably like he smells like a lot of tequila and, and probably shooters right so it's yeah. like yeah yeah i'm just saying that's what that's what the players look at it as and uh but yeah do they have to change things they probably won't uh, i think the nhl has to really realistically look to see how they can grow the game in the u.s and get more tv because uh viewers and i know i know they with tbs and they're they're on there now with tnt um, and they're trying to do like the NBA does with Charles and Shaq. And um, they're a long way away from, you know, and now we're kind of going off on another rant, but they're so far away from Charles and, and Shaq, and, uh, Shaq and, and what they do and Kenny Smith, and they do a tremendous job. I'm not even an NBA fan, really, honestly, but I, I'll watch them all night. Like I'll, I'll watch them all night and I cannot stand watching the TNT and, and putting, I don't know if Wayne's on there this year, but Wayne was on last year and Wayne looks so uncomfortable. And, you know, I know he's the greatest of all time, but he, he ain't a good broadcaster, <laughs> you know? So I'm sorry, but, uh, he, he isn't. And, but yeah, it, it's, it concerns me that the NHL is, is not bringing in the viewing audience like they should in the U S and what do they have to do? That's anybody's guess. Yeah. Well, and, I, I like Paul Bissonnette. I like his takes, but I, yeah. I think sometimes the interviews where he just kind of goes off the rails and basically nearly gets into punching matches with um, the players, it's just not really, I don't think it, it's, it's tough, right? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I know a lot of players, like just like, I remember on the NHL for a while, um, McTavish was on there and I remember him kind of being just, you know, a little bit boring and stuff like that. I don't think 
you can't really throw up even the most character like players on there. I think I've seen, I think TBS has Subban now and I yep. didn't mind him and I don't mind on Sportsnet. I don't mind, um, oh, the Vancouver player. What's his BX-a. name? BX-a. BXA. I don't mind BXA. Yeah, and um, before then, PJ Stock did a tremendous job. Got to oh. know PJ as well and brought him on my sports show a number of times. And PJ's just a phenomenal guy. Um, he he lost his brother, uh, and, and since then, he kind of changed everything. Now he's on a Montreal radio station, doesn't do the national stuff anymore because the commitment wasn't there for him anymore. But PJ was tremendous. And back in the day, CBC was kind of looking at PJ being part of Don Cherry's, you know, and, and potentially kind of stepping in for Don. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, I, you know, where Don went <laughs> and, yeah. and then PJ left too. So, well, and let's, we're really going off topic here, but I, I'm good with this. I think this is an important conversation, especially as broadcasters. Let's not kid each other. And I liked Don and what he did at like, it kind of got blown out of proportion, but at the yeah. same time, it was, I think his time had come and what he said, like, it, the misinformation that was spread about it doesn't work, but, um, and I don't want to get political, but anyway, Don's time was coming, but at the same time, you got to respect how good of a broadcaster Don was. And he did in his peak there, like closer to in the mid two thousands, Don really talked the game right. And like talked it yep. like a coach and stuff like that. And I think there was a lot of good there and the chemistry Don and um, Ron McLean had was really good. And I don't know if the four people panel works that way. I also still, I, that chemistry is huge. And I also think you need a guy who's passionate. Like I like, I like, like I said, I like PK. I think um, possibly Evander Kane could be a really good um, broadcaster. Um, I'm talking solely Oilers here, but you know, who else could be good? Maybe Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman's a real character guy too. Like there's lots of players that I think could work doing oh, it but they just yeah. got to find the right guys and i think pj stock i love the story he did with chicklets about um that big scrap where um uh, with the rangers and the islanders that's one of my favorite clips of all time and so yeah that's a i i really wish i got to meet him at some point yeah th- there's another fellow that's from this area originally from elk point st paul area mark letestu oh. you may remember him from, from the edmonton oilers and so mark mark was was uh, a guest and, and we did a feature with him on my show and and mark was a weekly guest and mark is phenomenal with the media and i and, and right now he's living in columbus he's doing work with the blue jackets on their tv broadcast and does a little bit of work with the blue jackets and he's tremendous and he's a great guy to have um and he you know what uh he's a guy that you know kind of way back maybe there's a chance for him to be on national TV in, in Canada uh, because Mark was, he's entertaining and very thoughtful with his, with his remarks, but also very knowledgeable uh, would be a tremendous coach would be, you know, great analyst, you name it. And, and it was great having Mark on the show uh, as much as we had him for about two years there. Mark Latestu. Yeah. That's a, is <laughs> an Oilers fan, especially during those dark ages, you knew every player on the team somehow. And yeah, yeah. all that we called him Latestu, but I don't know if that was his official nickname, but um, that was in back in the, like I said, back in the dark ages. Um, yep. He was kind of a hero at the old San Gudo school, but uh, oh, he, had, he had a great, he had a great one-timer, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he was, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I, he's kind of up there with uh, Patty Maroon there. Um, Alrighty. And so, um, 
trade deadline uh, has been the thing everybody, you mentioned how the CFL has been trying to get um, into the limelight. And the NHL kind of does a somewhat similar thing where everybody's talking about the trades that are going to happen. But uh, I'll give um, NHL GM some credit right now. They've been attacking early and we've got um, a new trade just today. Yeah. The big bad uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, he was uh, rumored years ago, um, a few years ago of wanting to leave the reign of the Blues. And um, now he, alongside Nico Mikola um, from St. Louis Blues, was sent to the Rangers for Sammy Blias, uh, Hunter Skinner, and some conditional draft picks. I believe a first is one of those conditional draft picks. So a very big trade, I'd say. The Rangers acquiring Tarasenko and another good and Nico Mikola is a decent uh, depth defenseman. Uh, that's a sign that the Rangers are ready to go all in. And so uh, what do you make of that trade there, Greg? Well, I, I, yeah, I think it is a sign the Rangers are all in. I, I, I think it's also a sign that, you know, the Rangers have been underperforming. If you look at their last couple of seasons, they've been kind of a team that swimming fluttering with the chance of winning the East, and, you know, and, and they have great goaltending. Uh, Truba on the back end and, and the and the skill set they have up front, uh, they can run and gun with the best of them and they can be physical with the best of them. Um, and I think it's also a sign that St. Louis knows they have to hit the reset button. So I, I think where else does this go with St. Louis? Who else le- Who else gets moved out of St. Louis? You know, I'm even hearing the name Perenko, uh, which could be on the block, which would be shocking to me, but his his minutes have gone down in St. Louis. Um, so here's a, here's a big force. Here's a guy with a wingspan that could reach right across the ice and, and who wouldn't want a guy that can log a lot of minutes for you in the playoffs. So Perenko's one, and you, you look through that lineup, they have a few other pretty good players in the St. Louis lineup that if you, if you put them on and you put them on the wire, as they say in hockey, I think you're going to get some people very, very interested. Well, and I, I agree the fact that, um, Sportsnet has, uh, the, 32 thoughts guys they did 30 nhl players on the trade block possibly uh tarasenko and mikola were at the top of the list for st louis uh they also have they have a lot here uh ryan o'reilly ivan barbashev or ivan barbashev and noel akar achari actually i believe is how they pronounce his name yeah and they're all on that list and um i think yeah i think possibly that i remember i didn't i thought about i kind of forgot about tarasenko honestly until i saw the trade i was thinking o'reilly was going to be the one that was going to be sending out of course he's having a bit of a down year but uh yeah big deal there for st louis and the rangers have made their trade and um it makes sense for them for sure as they are third in the metro and are probably going to want to hope to I don't know if they have a chance in catching Carolina, but they certainly don't want to be caught by Washington and maybe are going to try and get that home field advantage against their more than likely opponent there in the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think the Rangers, you know what, O'Reilly is one that I I hear. Here's a team that, you know what, I get kind of sick of hearing it on TSN and Sportsnet because I get talking about it. I almost know who you're talking about. (laughs) So you know I'm going to talk Maple Leafs. but, but, But now all of a sudden, if the Leafs say they get him, he, he I, I hate saying this, but it could mean the Leafs could go deep. I, I still think they got a lot of questions in that. I don't think their goaltending is that good. Uh, I don't think yeah. they're, I don't think they're back in outside of Morgan. Uh, they don't. And, and you know what? And Geo's, uh, he's getting up in age. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think they're back. There, there's some similarities in a certain kind of way 
of between Toronto and Edmonton to a certain extent, although I think Edmonton's more of a better club and has a, more of a chance going deeper and finishing higher than Toronto could wish for. But there's similarities because uh, Edmonton kind of, they're suspects in the back end. I think their goaltending has finally got straightened away. But in Toronto, I don't think they really answer that question about goaltending. I think they just kind of throw, hopefully this guy works out kind of idea for in Toronto. And, and really, if Toronto does not get out of the first round, here's a question for you. Toronto does not get out of the first round. What happens next? Like really what happens next? Because if they can't get out of the first round and it's not a given, they'll get out of the first round. If they don't get out of the first round of Toronto, they're going to burn down that. <laughs> it, 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 it ain't going to be pretty. The coach will be gone. The GM will be gone. They will clear house. You, you got to think that because you're again, just like in Edmonton, you have a shelf life with Connor and Leon. You have a shelf life with Mitch not and Nylander and also Matthews. So how long can you, you your, your, your time frame of winning is limited because you don't know how long you can keep those three, just like at Edmonton. You don't know how long yeah. you can keep those two. Right. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, if I were a Maple Leafs fan, yeah, I'd be calling. I, I, I think it's the same, a similar thing to Edmonton in some ways um, that if this falls apart again, that we should be going a little higher than just the GM and the coach. But, um, and that's Shanahan's been here for a long time in Toronto, but I, I honestly I think Toronto as the club will say, Oh, we ran into Tampa Bay. What are you going to do? And at, and it was something that uh, Nielsen, Dustin Nielsen uh, mentioned on his show one uh, a few days ago on one of his podcasts, he's saying, you guys know you're taking on Tampa Bay. You need to do something to make sure you beat Tampa Bay. And I think that's an extremely valid point and extremely good point. It's the same thing I would say. And the Rangers are doing this. They know they probably have to beat New Jersey and then beat Carolina. That's they know who their opponent is. Toronto knows who their two yeah. opponents are going to be. But but they need to do so. And I Toronto has shown that. Well, they certainly can't beat Boston the first well, round. They won't have to. It, but it, it, in Tampa Bay, certainly they can't beat either. Yeah. So. Here's a question for you: Can anybody beat Boston of the East? Because oh. if, if Boston is playing, you know, unless there's injuries that happen between now and the playoffs or during the playoffs. There is absolutely nobody in the East that will beat Boston. I'm sorry. Carolina is good. Carolina will be tough out in seven games, but there's nobody in the East that can beat Boston. Boston is that good. They're that deep. And you've seen it all season long. There, there has not been really a falter in their, their organization and, and their movement. And they got buy-in. As soon as they moved their coach out, they moved another guy in. Then all of a sudden, guys that weren't thinking about returning to Boston – we're going to go elsewhere. They came back in. So all of a sudden, when you have buy-in, and I've run hockey teams long enough that if you have buy-in from everybody, you know what? There's not too many things that can stand in your way and prevent you from winning. And I think Boston uh, is a, a team that I can't see anybody in the East beating them. I know that's a tall order to say that they're going to be the Stanley Cup final, but come on, look at the standings. I, well, I, I, yeah. I don't think it's hard to say that there's a good chance they'll get to the Eastern Conference final. And uh, if say whoever it is, uh, Boston's going to be a tough out in seven games. Yeah, I, I agree that I, I actually said, though, in, our la- in my last pod that um, I said I think Tampa Bay would end up making it out of the Atlantic. Now, 
I said that. I think the problem will be is if Tampa is healthy. I just and like I'm I kind of have a hard time disagreeing with you. The thing is, is that Tampa Bay has one of the best offenses, probably the best, maybe not anymore, but one of the best defenders in the league and probably the best goaltender yep. in the league. Uh, Boston has a really good one-two punch in net. Um, so they they can actually, if like Vasilevsky's never had any real injury problems, but if he all of a sudden goes down, that hurts Tampa a lot. For Boston, they've got Olmark and um, who's their, their backup? Yeah, I'm not even sure now. But the thing is, when you can, when you look at Tampa Bay and you're mentioning how good they are, what did Colorado show against them? Colorado, wow. Colorado skated them into the ground. Uh, you know, and Colorado came with so much speed. They're also going to be very physical, and and Colorado did it with you, you know who's kidding who. Colorado didn't have superb goaltending; they had okay goaltending. No. But you know, when you have what they have in the back end, what you have what they have up front with McKinnon. It, they're a hard team to beat. And I think Colorado is one that's kind of a dark horse right now. It's hard to say the defending Stanley Cup champions are a dark horse, but they've had so many injuries. But if you look at the standings, like as of this week, they're eight and two, their last 10 Vegas is faltering. Seattle's faltering. Can Vegas and Seattle keep it going? I don't think so. I think you look at Colorado and you even look at the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers are eight and two or eight, one and one in their last 10 they're, as we yeah. speak, they're in Philadelphia tonight. They'll roll over them. Uh, they're in Montreal on the weekend. Uh, their defense looks a lot better. Uh, their goaltending is good. So I, I got to think it's, it's going to be another collision between Colorado and Edmonton eventually in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's hard to believe that is it's hard to believe that Colorado is not going to make a run there. I say Dallas is a dangerous team yeah. in that division, but I did have Colorado making it down to the end um but yeah it's an aggressive aggressive top end and we're uh talking and one other good thing that came out of the nhl all-star game this week uh we'll move into that and it's an important part especially when talking about the maple leafs and why i think it's getting so much traction is um uh crosby city crosby who i'd say is probably one of the number one player at least in the media and in, at least in popularity since he was drafted, he's been a huge, huge presence in the NHL and without him sure Ovi and a lot of the other players that were around, but I think he's, he's been a big, big deal. Um, and especially, I think even out East because he's um, been such a big player out there at Cole Harbor and stuff like that. I think that's really helped out in the East there. And he uh, put his two cents in. And of course, like, McDavid's another name. And of course, Ovi, all of them, they have big names when they say what they say, people take, listen, he, um, in an interview was throwing a question about if, why, if he didn't like the playoff system, and he said, I like one to eight, just because I think the regular season is as difficult as it is. Team should be rewarded. He told reporters on Friday, that's probably the best way to be rewarded, even though there isn't a ton of difference. I like that version a little bit better. So that was of course last weekend on the Friday before the skills competition, um, it's an interesting thought to look at with that. And the reason I mentioned Toronto is simply put because Toronto, you know, we're giving them the benefit of the doubt here. They have 70 points. They're tied with New Jersey right now. Yeah. So they'd be the third ranked team because Boston and Carolina do have more points than them uh, feasibly in a one through eight. If they keep the same divisions, the top team in the Metro would get the automatic second division place and Boston would have the one, of course. Um, Toronto would end up not really getting a much better 
better break because they would play the sixth team and currently New York and Tampa are tied. So really it doesn't change much. And that's where I sit here and say it might change a little bit, but I don't really think this setup, maybe it matters in the second round. Sure. I think maybe if they could somehow set it up that the bottom-ish seed plays whoever and it's not super tiered, that would be my suggestion. But like this one to eight thing, I think is just, in, and I've looked at it last year too. Toronto wasn't changing much. Like they were switching out one really good team for another. Yeah. I think, I think it's just people trying and I get back. And again, I've spent too much time on Twitter and that's why Toronto boils me, my blood to a boiling point. But um, Toronto's had their opportunities to break their playoff curse. They had two toss ups and failed. And so I just think it's, something in that organization i don't think it's the coaching because they've had some changes something in that organization doesn't have that killer instinct in the playoffs to make it pass and so while i think yes there's a chance that it makes a difference it doesn't really even make a big difference for the penguins because they'd still end up playing boston regardless yeah i i I, the only thing is there should be something we said if you're a third best team that you should get some kind of benefits of of having that good of a season and you really don't in the current format. Um, uh, you know what? As for Toronto, I've been part of teams that that you you have other the playoffs or a team that's just kind of in your head. And then you get into those games and you're almost waiting for things to fall apart. You know, you're, okay, this is what happens to us tonight. Okay, this is the reason why, oh, he let that one in. Oh, now here we go. And I think it, it's so much, it, you know what, you, you talk to, you know, Clark MacArthur from Lloyd here, played in Toronto, and in and he played in Atlanta before that. He played in Buffalo, uh, and he played in Ottawa. And he said Toronto was a beast of its own. You get off the ice at practice, and there's eight or nine reporters with mics in your face on a morning practice. He when he played in Atlanta, there was a newspaper guy and their radio guy, and maybe one other guy in the dress room. Three guys covering an NHL team in Atlanta. I know that's a little different, but in Toronto, it is a beast of its own. And there's a reason why guys absolutely don't want to play in Toronto because if it goes wrong, you can't find a place to hide. Although, if it goes right, you know what? They're going to have a statue of outside on Young Street, but uh, there's too many times it's gone wrong in Toronto and, and it's tough to take. And, it, and, and the media is relentless, as you know. And, uh, and again, it's just not the media in Toronto. You flip on Sportsnet and TSN. And I think the Toronto Sports Network, although they don't call themselves that, who's kidding who? TSN is the Toronto Sports <laughs> Network. And they're yes. so biased towards Toronto that almost makes me sick watching it. And Sportsnet isn't much better. Who's kidding who? Uh, I yeah. think they have the tendency of forgetting when they're in a studio in, in Mississauga that they're representing the entire country. They have the habit of thinking that they're just broadcasting to Toronto. No, you're broadcasting the whole country, dummies. Like, you know, cover the Flames and the Oilers and the Jets and the Canucks and the Senators and the Canadians like you cover Toronto. Don't be so biased towards Toronto. I don't care that uh, Austin Matthews shaved his mustache today. I don't give a rat's ass about that. I want to know about everything else in the NHL. I don't want to just know about Toronto skate this morning. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a, a very different issue, right? But um, it's, it, and I think <laughs> it's kind of like how, um, where the population kind of certainly controls that. And I think there's a point to be made that I, I'm not trying to defend them for yeah, only yeah. talking about Toronto, but that a large portion of their viewer base, simply put, because there are so many people living in Toronto, is why it happens. And like, when we talk about, um, it's the funniest thing I think of in Alberta, because I've lived like near Edmonton, and now we live here in Bloemminster. And this is central Alberta, but it is almost universally referred to as by everybody else as northern Alberta. Yeah. And that's yeah. geography, like geographically, I don't think that's the word, but I'm going <laughs> with it. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's wrong. And that's just because s- such a big portion of the province lives in the south and in the centralish part of Alberta, not as much in the northern part. And so that's just kind of a how it all works out, right? Yeah, here in Lloydminster, we're, we're heavily influenced by Edmonton. Who's kidding who? Uh, you know, although when you talk CFL, there's probably more Riders fans than there is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that, that team up at Edmonton? But uh, yeah, it, it's very influenced uh, by the Oilers. Uh, it, it, you might get an odd Flames fan here and there, and then some really stupid Winnipeg Jets fans. But uh, it's mostly all Oilers, and and just down the road is some great hockey. The WHL and the Blades are having a tremendous season, but nobody in Lloyd would know the Saskatoon Blades are having a great season because it really doesn't get a lot of fanfare here. So, yeah, well, and another team that um has been doing well, and I need to get out there because I never got to go to an Oilers uh, to a to a game here in Edmonton. Uh, the Rush, I believe, are having an excellent season, and that's in the national lacrosse league yeah. and um oh they 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 are probably in about the same problem as the cfl with just not getting that attention but um from what i've heard anybody who's ever gone to a rush game or a roughnecks game or anything like that it's a great time so um there's your little plug there you go North, national yeah, yeah. lacrosse yeah, league. Exactly. um but we've talked a lot about the top tier teams in the nhl um this is something i've been thinking about and especially you mentioned the whl and there's one man that everybody is concerned about in the whl and um, there's been a few reports out there and some stuff that, and Gary Bettman himself has said teams will not tank, but um, I have a hard time believing it right now. And Greg, what is your, what is your thoughts on? So you're talking, you're first? talking Connor Bedard, who is yep, he, yep, the, the one and only Pipe Piper of the WHL packing rinks everywhere he goes. Um, yeah. He's the legit. He is legit. I have friends in, in Regina that say, you know, media guys that watch him and, they say he is that good. That's not fake. Uh, you know, the size, he's going to overcome any questions regarding size because he's that good. As for tanking, I don't know if you, if the thing is, if you tank, you still don't have a chance, you know, not guarantee you're going to get that first pick. You still have to yeah. go on the lottery, right? There's a better chance for you if you really suck. But at the same time, how do you really suck? Like, is that the general manager? not giving the coach all the players that he needs, sending guys down to the American Hockey League, uh, putting guys in long-term. Um, I can't see that. Like, it, it just – I don't think it happens. And we're not like the NBA, and we have yeah. guys sitting down in load management, which is, you know, load up, you know what. But, like, you never do load management in the NHL. These are guys that take a puck to the face and miss maybe a shift. You know, um, yeah. you don't, you don't do that. You know, you get a hangnail on the NHL or the NBA or major league baseball and you're out for two weeks. Um, yeah. so I, 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 I don't think anybody would tank. I, I, I think, I, of course these teams want Connor and I get that, 
Montreal wants Connor. Vancouver would love to have Connor. What a great story that would be, a, you know, a Vancouver boy playing for his hometown team. But I, I'm, you know what? He's probably going to Montreal. Uh, Montreal's that bad. I don't, I don't think they're tanking. They're just not very good. <laughs> you know, who's kidding him? They're not very good. Uh, Caulfield is now out for the season, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I can see Montreal lining up and trying to get Connor uh, at the draft. And whoever gets him, yeah, he, he, will, he will change that organization and he will make them a whole bunch better because, yeah, he is that good. You mentioned Montreal, but ironically, Montreal is actually not super in the race. They're not even in the oh, really? top three for the race. Currently, our, if it worked like the NFL, our Connor Bedard, play, Connor Bedard would be heading to the Columbus Blue Jackets oh, no. with the league lowest 34 points. Montreal actually has 44. Yeah. Um, second in that race is Chicago with 35. And Anaheim, I believe, is third with 40 points. They're tied with Arizona at 40 as well. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. There's a bunch of other teams kind of racing for that. As you mentioned, Vancouver also still with 44 San Jose with 43 um, Detroit and Ottawa both have 50 apiece. So does Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia and Ottawa have 51. So I don't think they're in the race. The only reason I question like, because when Connor McDavid was getting was when it was his draft year, the Oilers traded away a, b- a bunch of assets. Now, <laughs> was that building for McDavid or was that making darn sure that they were in the sweepstakes? Yeah. Well, I hate it because they traded away Patrick Maroon that year. Yeah. And then he ended up winning a cup in two years later. And like I said, um, he was just a darn good player back in those good years that Patrick Maroon, and he's still a darn good piece on the Tampa Bay lightning. And where if he stays with them on a league friendly, on a team friendly contract uh, coming up this season or head somewhere else, uh, He'll be useful until he finishes out his days. And that's another player that will be an excellent commentator, though his American heritage will oh, yeah, definitely. send him not up here yeah, to Canada yeah, to be a sports broadcaster. It's good that you brought that up because, yeah, tanking could mean you're trading away assets, but also teams will look, well, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. And, and anybody that's going to get that top pick is rebuilding. Who's kidding who? And if, yeah. if Connor Bedard goes to Columbus, that's that's – you know, no shot against Columbus. I understand talking to a lot of guys that ever, you know, play in the NHL, like Scotty Hartnell played there, loved Columbus. Mark Letescu, who played a few different places. Now he's retired and living in Columbus because a lot of players just love that area. They love that city. They love the area and, uh, and they retire there. Um, so there's something to be said about that, but there's still a horrible hockey market and, and to have, yeah. you know, potentially, you know, uh, one of the, the greatest players, coming out of junior going to Columbus. Uh, I know McTavish and him have a relationship that played at World Juniors together that he's playing in Anaheim now. So there could be a bonding there. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, but Chicago would be fantastic. Here's a guy that kind of overtakes for Patrick Kane. You know, Patty's on his way out. Here's a chance for the next Patrick Kane to come in uh, and play in Chicago. And that's a tremendous market. That is a fun market. And uh, Connor Bedard would do fantastic in Chicago. I will. I, I agree that maybe um, Columbus isn't the best hockey market. I actually went to Ohio uh, this past Christmas and it was actually a wonderful time. Um, Wooster. Yeah. But um, I will. But uh, a few years back, back in the 80s, I doubt many people and late 
late nineties. I doubt many people were saying LA was exactly the hockey market, but you bring one of the best players to ever play there and it exploded. And so I will mention that I'm not saying that all Connor Bedard is the same effect that Wayne Gretzky had, but I think there can be a little bit of a uh, translation there as well. Uh, what was next up on our topics to discuss? All right. And so last um, pod, I had Adil Ahmed. Uh, of course, uh, you've worked with Adil yeah, as yeah. well. We talked about um, each team that was coming out of the, that was going to be the teams that were going to meet up in the East and West final, not exactly the teams that are going to win the division, yep. but the teams that were going to make it there. Um, let's go with that. Uh, Greg, tell me your team. We'll keep it a little bit more simple. Greg, we kind of mentioned it when we were talking about Boston. Who is your team to make it to the Stanley Cup final from the East and the West? Oh, uh, well, Boston. I'm going to pick Boston out of the East. Um, yeah. The West, you know what? Um, I'm go on a flyer on this one. And, and I'm, I'm going to pick Vegas. And it, it's kind of, okay. kind of weird to say that because we're just talking about teams that are kind of coming down to earth. Uh, and one is, is Vegas, one Seattle. Uh, it, but I, I think Vegas, uh, if everything comes together for them and it's a hard market to play in, here's a chance for, I think Vegas comes back and, and finishes strong. And they have, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Vegas in the Stanley cup final. I know there's going to be a lot of people saying, Oh my, what has he been up to? Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, you know, and there's going to be Oilers fans saying, how about us? And I, I just don't think so. I, I don't think in a seven game series, uh, I think Vegas, Vegas is deep. Vegas has a good young goaltender in Thompson. Um, I think they're going to be a legit contender. Well, the big thing about the Oilers is that they probably, they need to make an ad and, all signs are pointing to the oiler to Holland not making a big ad. And like with the Leafs, I think the Oilers know who they're probably going to have to take on at some point being in Vegas. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't trust them to beat them. I also think Edmonton needs to prepare to beat Colorado. Uh, they of course have a multitude of injuries. I said last time, I think Colorado can make it all the way through. Uh, now with Kale McCarr having a slight injury, though, I don't think he's out super long-term. I don't, I just, I, I don't trust them as much, but I'm going to switch up my thing here and I'm going to pick with the number one there. I think Dallas has the kind of Cinderella story set up to go deep. And I think they are going to be the surprise one. You've got two top tier players in Jamie Ben and um, Tyler Sagan, who used to be the franchise yeah. faces. Yeah. And now James Robertson is that yeah, franchise face. When you take that um, weight off the shoulders in a similar way, and I'm not saying that Steven Stamkos is not the face of the lightning, even though he probably isn't, but when it's not just those guys and that they can have, there's another guy who can kind of come up and help. I think that's huge for Dallas and you know, they haven't won, a, they've only won one cup in their history back in 1990. Uh, was it nine or was it eight? Yeah, nine. It was eight, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 no, eight, it was nine. Yeah, it was, yeah. 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 Nine there with uh, Brett Hull and the whole crew. Um, I think they're long overdue. And it seems to be that in the recent years that teams that have been long overdue have decided to get her done. I wish it was going to be the Oilers, but again, I don't trust that. So I'm going to say Dallas. And then in the East, I'm going to stick it to my guns. 
Carolina has so many good option players and options and so many good pieces to them that like I will say it forever. Tara Vinen can score no matter where he's standing. Svashnoho has great hands. He's there's just so much good about that team. And I love every second of it. And as much as lots of Oilers fans have cursed Carolina's name since the 06 Stanley Cup series, I, I like Carolina a lot. And I, I just think that's another team. Yeah. That it has been long overdue. They've not been able to take that next step. I yeah. would say I yeah. I don't want to. I'm not going to guarantee that Carolina is going to be that team the whole way. I think Rangers with this addition of Vladimir Tarasenko could become a real beast. But I want to see more games from them to really give them that upper echelon. I think the big thing with the Rangers is that they still they just in a similar way to the Leafs. They need to, and you mentioned it over there, they're a bit of an underachieving team and they need to show that they can achieve, which is something, even though I've been crapping on the Oilers a lot, this, this pod, the Oilers can, they showed last year, they can achieve when the lights are hot and um, something that every other Canadian team so far throughout the McDavid era has been unable to do outside of the Montreal Canadiens during the COVID 2020 season. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it yeah. for that. What else do you have? To well, say I, I just say, yeah, Carolina will be a hard out. Like, and I, I, I think Boston's going to take them out, but Carolina is going to be definitely a hard out. You know, they, they play, they play Rod Brendan Moore hockey, right. And, yeah. and the way Brendan Moore played, you have to fight for every inch when you played against Rod Brendan Moore and he has his entire team playing like that. So yeah, it's, it's a good pick for Carolina. Alrighty, but that will do it for episode two of Tommy's wild shots. We were somewhat wild this time, but uh, no game uh, NFL altering uh, picks here. Uh, join us next time. We will be giving you for sure the update on the the Super Bowl picks. Uh, if you're a betting man, me and Greg both say Eagles. So uh, go Eagles, go fly Eagles, fly, fly, fly. You, you, can't, you can't you can't see it, but yes. Um, Thank you so much for being on the pod today, Greg. Thanks for having and me. Um, for sure, if uh, you ever needed somebody on your guys' sports podcast, I'll come on and give there my two go. cents there about. <laughs> I'll give my two cents about the Oilers. Works for me. Thank you, sir. Perfect. Yes, but thank you. Um, be sure if you want to have your thoughts told, and if you disagree with any of our thoughts, um, I'm not going to give Greg's info out, but if you want to talk to me, be sure to check me out at Thomas Wildman three also on Facebook under Thomas Wildman. My Instagram is also Thomas Wildman and uh, be sure to tell this, tell you other people about this podcast. It is basically anywhere you can get your podcast. And so thank you so much for listening. Have yourselves a good Super Bowl weekend.